You don't need to have all of the answers. Um, uh, you need to have direction. You need to calculate your risk. Um, but you know that not knowing all the answers is a good thing in the beginning because that's going to give you the confidence to just propel yourself forward and overcome the obstacles. Hello and welcome to The Good Chat, where we interview activists, entrepreneurs, artists, personalities and anyone who has experiences and insights that empower and inspire. Today our guest is John Winfield, who's the founder of Dr. Juice. Before we start, I'd like to thank uh, Tech.mt, People and Skin and Gracie's, where we're actually filming this episode for the support. John, thank you very much for Hello. accepting our invitation. It's um, my pleasure. I think my first question is, um, can you take us through maybe the journey that led you to launching Dr. Juice in Malta? Okay, so um, I graduated um, uh, my university degree and then got my first graduate job um, in London. And it was more of a marketing kind of professional role. And I was sort of, I felt like there was something missing, you know, I got a year or two into it and I felt like I could give more to the world and I wasn't kind of where I wanted to be. So I went off uh, traveling, I went to Australia, one way ticket. And whilst I was traveling around, um, I came across over there at the time, there was a lot of uh, juice bars around healthy eating. I'd never seen it in Europe before. And um, I was actually traveling, backpacking all the way around Australia, and I got caught up in a hostel. Um, and I was working any job at the time to pay my way around, and I got a um, construction job. And I ended up, it uh, wasn't my thing, so I ended up dropping something on my toe, breaking my toe, and I stayed at this hostel for around about a month. Anyway, whilst I was there, um, there were two Spanish brothers, Vincente, Carlos, and they're always, you know, every night drinking in a hostel, as you do when you're 20 years old and backpacking. And I used to, there was a food truck outside, like a fruit van, and next to it was a health shop, exactly next to the hostel. So every morning I used to make for them um, smoothies and juices for their hangovers, which started to catch on in the hostel. And then these two brothers started calling me Dr. Juice. And uh, my parents had moved out to Malta, my mother's Maltese, and obviously I kind of had this big feeling that, you know, I just finally connected the dots. You know, I'd had this eureka moment, Dr. Juice, and I'm writing down my mission statement while I'm traveling. And I came across to Malta and uh, rented my first shop and okay. off I went. So how long were you in Australia for? Um, I was there for around about a year. Something like that, traveling around. And before that, so you were brought up in? In the UK. In the UK, so I, okay. I, I grew up uh, 23 years there, and then I've been Malta now for 16. Okay. Yeah. And the obvious question, I guess, what made you come to Malta and what made you stay? What attracted you to stay here okay. after you lived in the UK, in Australia? So yeah, so obviously my, um, my parents moving over here to retire, even though I think they... In the first years, they were working more than they ever did, helping me with my dream. Um, it was a little bit of that, plus I've got a lot of family here. So I think really what it was for me was that it was either back to the UK, where the competitive market for on-the-go uh, food concepts or starting off your dream, it just seemed like um, a more difficult task. Um, so Malta saw the opportunity. We were, there was nothing like what I did at the time. So I saw myself with the, the right market opportunity and with the right concept. And I felt like we were just 
kind of ready for that first part of growth. Um, yeah. okay. But at the same time, yes, okay, there was no one like you here, but yep. isn't that also a challenge in itself? Because maybe the market had to, sort of yes. the market didn't exist, so yes, you had to kind of exactly. educate the market. Exactly, so. yeah. I mean, we started from ground zero with everything we did health-wise. So uh, I remember my first menu, there were quite a lot of vegetable juices on it. Now, at the time, you know, people used to return them saying, you know, yeah, these don't taste very nice. <laughs> um, uh, you know, but that's what you ordered, isn't it? There's cucumber, celery, lemon, spinach. Okay. Um, since that, the obviously the green juices like you know took centre stage a few years after. So there was that learning phase, yes. you know, and expanding the menu and experimenting, and um, so yeah, from that perspective, there was a, a big challenge. Right. Yeah. And what was kind of the biggest challenge you think throughout your journey for the past? I believe 12, 13 years. How long? How long? Um, yes, it's been 13 years with Doctor Juice now. Um, wow, biggest challenge. So many. Um, I think there was starting off from a, you know, controlling the whole business by myself, you know, kind of scaling up. Once you get to about three outlets, there's that lack of control. So that really needs you to have the right systems in place so you can scale it without losing control and with keeping that consistency. So when we got to about three, three outlets, that was a really big challenge to upgrade in order for us to scale. Um, and then again, we had another sort of boom moment when we really started to go uh, into food. So we started opening uh, more restaurant bases. We've got two restaurants open now, soon to open another third. Um, so we're doing juices, smoothies, um, to-go food, hot food, um, and trying to control such a big menu, um, keeping the same consistency and the same mission throughout. Um, uh, has been also quite a big challenge for me. So talking about scaling up, um, how did you manage to have this consistent approach? Because even people I spoke to when I said you're going to be interviewed, they actually thought that the franchise was an international franchise. They yeah. didn't know that it was founded locally. Yeah. So how did you manage to kind of have this, co this consistency across all outlets? What do you think is kind of the, the key to having that? Um, I mean, the, the sort of operating procedures help you to be able to keep kind of the consistent operation in terms of the product. Um, but then obviously, I think for me, Dr. Juice, it was about creating that, um, yeah, that culture, that sense of community within uh, the staff and the brand and, and, and what we get behind and what we stand for. Um, so for me, it was about having a very clear mission on the sort of uh, positive life force behind Dr. Juice. And I think then that comes alive in the marketing and the way that we recruit and our staff and the way that we serve. Um, because again, it's, it's, it's very much a part of bringing the brand to life mm -hmm. for me. And I think that helps um, uh, with the message of consistency for the brand. Okay, and when it comes to your team, yeah. um, you have quite how many outlets at the moment do you have? Uh, so we've got uh, nine outlets now, and we'll be going for our 10th by the end of the year. And where will that be, if you can say? Uh, yeah, no, that's going to be, that's gonna be the, in Imria Hell, cool. yeah, so okay. it's going to be the 10th location. So obviously you have quite a big team. Yeah. Um, when it comes to kind of getting people on board, what do you look for in kind of the, the team at Dr. Juice? Yeah, so we've got obviously, we've, we've started to develop a, a head office team. So obviously that was uh, a quite a major step when we started to grow. We needed to manage, uh, we need to segment the business. So there was one point where I had lots of different hats where I used to do, I've done everything in the business. Every last task that you can imagine of, I've done it. Because first, 
you have to do it yourself, learn, understand. I think I myself structure. remember you at Dr. Yeah. Juice and Spinola. Yeah, everything. Um, I remember you actually serving yes, uh, yes, there. Yes. So, yes. I love those days yeah. because obviously, you know, I, I love being with the customers, uh, learning from the ground upwards in terms of what people like. And all of those years of service, I think I was, I've been serving in Dr. Juice for at least um, seven or eight years. Um, and then there came a time where that was no longer possible because it was too demanding. Um, but I learned so much during that time about what, how people think, what they want, how to perfect the service, the recipes, the training. Um, and then it came a time where that, uh, that attention needed to be guided towards the bigger operation. Um, so we've built um, quite a big team now uh, in the head office to, to manage different departments now, from the marketing to the human resources, operations and finance and so on. Um, and obviously, we're always looking for the, that energy for life and that experience and that passion and that go-getter type attitude because I think that, uh, that is how you make uh, magic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, uh, and likewise, for, for our crew members and our staff and all the managers that we have, um, we're always looking for sort of passionate, energetic people. Um, and we have a very much family vibe at Dr. Juice. Uh, and I'm very proud of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you've also kind of digitized as well. You've yeah. um, launched an app, I believe. That's right. That's and right. what's that about? Can people kind of pre-book? How yeah. does it work? So um, obviously last year, the huge change in the whole industry um, is obviously delivery. Um, people getting very used towards ordering foods on their apps and you know delivery from the third party apps mm -hmm. and aggregators and so on. So obviously we wanted a nice, um, uh, easy place to help to sort of promote loyalty with our customers and to allow them to pre-order. So in our mind at the time, um, people used to have to wait at the store in queue at lunchtime. So we came up with this idea that they can pre-order and just simply collect. Um, so we built our own app. That was a whole process of building it from scratch. Um, so they can actually pre-order and they can get uh, rewarded points for when they purchase. Um, that obviously superseded the, the card with a stamp. So obviously it was, it, that was evolved. And obviously now uh, we encourage people to come to the shops, obviously um, uh, with incentivized discounts um, instead of using the delivery platforms. But delivery was a really big change. Um, and today obviously you can get visible, um, uh, bricks and mortar businesses need to be visible online. They need to have a digital presence um, so obviously we needed to expand our, our reach. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think that obviously now, hopefully COVID is kind of yeah. seems to be behind us, yeah. but do you think that consumer behavior did kind of remain, it did change and kind of certain behavior remained of people? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, delivery is a huge disruption to the market, which came, co you know, exactly coincided in Malta's case with, with, with the, the pandemic. So I think it was a big, it was an immediate shift, um, and that is only expanding. Obviously, consumer behavior has changed an awful lot because, you know, how it is in Malta, there's so much car traffic, limited parking, uh, heat, and so on. People um, uh, finding it quite comfortable to be able to be sat at home um, ordering deliveries. So, and at uh, the office. Yeah, and, and even, you know, the way that um, office working has changed, people working more remotely, they're not all in the office block, which was next to one of our shops. So there's been a huge shift in consumer behavior and we need to keep that, we need to be mindful of that when we're selecting locations. Um, uh, it's definitely changed the way that we trade 
um, uh, as an operator quite significantly. Okay. And talking about the different outlets, have you ever considered going international or, have, or are you keeping it local? No, I mean, that is, that is the, next, uh, that's the next step for us. So um, we've, we've had enough time to perfect the concept, build the brand and the operations and the infrastructure and the team. And uh, the next step for us is, is going international. So we're, we're looking at, um, we've honed in on two or three markets that we want to focus on um, to expand, obviously, the concept abroad, um, take that proof of concept and then start building in other markets as well. And obviously that all originates from Malta, which is where the head office um, team will be. And do you have an idea of where, or is it still under wraps? Well, yeah, I think we, <laughs> I mean, we, are, we are looking towards Italy as a market we've identified, yeah, um, uh, and a few others. Knowing what you know now, yeah. um, is there something maybe you tell yourself, you know, when you had started in the <laughs> beginning? Yes, an awful lot of things I'd tell <laughs> myself. And, and I, I love every opportunity I get to actually um, sort of mentor somebody starting their own business and trying to inspire or help anyone along the way. I'm very passionate about that myself because I know what it takes and I know how difficult it can be. And with all the experience I've actually gathered over the years, uh, sometimes I can be too critical to somebody just starting off because there's that raw energy for somebody starting off. You know, you don't need to have all of the answers. Um, uh, you need to have direction. You need to calculate your risk. Um, but you know that not knowing all the answers is a good thing in the beginning because that's going to give you the confidence to just propel yourself forward and overcome the obstacles. So, um, what I've learnt, I think I wouldn't. I think um, it would be quite a short conversation because um, when you have to create something from nothing. Um, the real, the real thing is to be able to learn from your mistakes and grow from them, um, always remain humble uh, in everything and um, you know, just let that passion drive you to get you off the ground. Mm -hmm. And then once you're off the ground, I think it's really important, particularly in the food business, to make sure you have those business fundamentals um, so that you don't get the blur between you know, passion and good business. Um, because I'm, I'm overly passionate um, and you need to be able to structure your business in such a way that there isn't too much of a conflict at the okay. both. Okay, because yeah. I think passion is all great, but yeah. sometimes I think in business, it's not it's not enough maybe, but there yeah. is obviously there is also discipline and, yeah. you know, if kind of things go wrong, you yeah. know, it might kind of, if you're, I feel if you're very emotional about a business, very passionate, yeah. if things go wrong, it can kind of hit you very yeah. badly. So yeah. that's why I'm interested to find out kind of from yeah. your end, you know, even to inspire others at the end of absolutely, the day, absolutely. Um, you know, how to kind of help um, continue and go through the hurdles and yeah. obviously succeed when you're passionate about something. So absolutely. And yeah. you were very young as well when you started. Yes, I, I would have been uh, 23, 24. I mean, it's quite, yeah. it's quite incredible yeah. to have achieved so much at a, at a very young age. Yeah. So. I mean, I, 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 I knew very little. I, knew I, had the, I had the energy and the passion for good living. Um, and I understood and I'd spent a lot of time immersed in the sort of health and well-being industry. So that was my starting point. But I, I learned so much over the years uh, in terms of um, uh, nutrition, recipes, cooking, um, branding, marketing, HR. 
And I mean, you are obviously, and as you said, you had experience in marketing as well. And it's very clear that yeah. you are also a marketer. So yeah. it's definitely, it definitely obviously helps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on a more light-hearted note, yes. um, what's your favorite smoothie? My favorite smoothie. <laughs> well, um, they 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 cycle because obviously a lot of the things on the menu are all recipes that I was I would be drinking at the time. So a kind of uh, the menu has sort of evolved with my taste, if you like. Um, but obviously, when I go for a workout in the morning, um, like the shake is an essential thing for me in the morning. Um, so I like my almond charge. Okay, so it's almond, not butter, almond milk, banana, uh, scoop of protein. For me, that hits the spot in the morning. Um, uh, and sometimes I'll cycle a bit of keto. So the cocoa keto is another good one. Full, very well macronutriently balanced, full of good fats. Uh, keeps you going throughout the day, yeah. I'm addicted to the flu fighter myself. It's, yes, it's a classic. I just love it. It's a classic. It's light. I mean, yeah. it's a great... It's so a the great carrots, cream. orange, ginger. That's right, yeah. It's a super it. one, yeah. yeah. And I'm not about food. Okay. What's your favorite food? Um, my favorite food. Again, the menu is full of food <laughs> that I like. Um, uh, but the chicken burner salad for me is a, is a, is a go-to is a go-to for lunch. Um, uh, and I'm a big fan of uh, our new range, uh, which is the uh, the veggie Buddha bowl is really nice as well. Yeah. And you serve food. Uh, is it in all outlets or is it in? Uh, yeah, we serve food in all of our outlets, but we've got um, two restaurants at Parma and Zero. We've actually got um, a separate uh, team of chefs that are putting food out. Um, uh, so we've got a very big menu at Dr. Juice. So this is a question that's normally asked to women, but I don't see why I shouldn't ask it to men. So I know you have two children, you're a family yeah. man. So yeah. how do you manage to <laughs> balance it all? Is there a secret to managing to have a kind of work-life balance when you run such a business? Waking up early. <laughs> Waking up early, I think, helps. Um, and, you know, I, I, I do try to balance my life out in terms of, um, I think the work-life work balance is really important. Um, and I make the most of the time with the kids. Um, uh, so, you know, we've discovered things that we like to do. We like to spend quality time together. Um, and I try not to work too late, but I'm, I'm, very, I'm very committed to them. Um, so what's the secret to manage it all? Mm. <laughs> I think you've waking said. Up early, yeah. Yeah, waking up early. Waking up early, And staying um, and keeping it, for me, um, uh, you know, what I, how far I can take my mind and my body is, is really about um, keeping healthy and active. Um, I feel like when you get the right, when you're doing the right exercise and you've got the right diet, um, you're the, what you can actually cope with um, uh, and how much pressure you can put on your body um, increases. So, you know, so self-care kind of exactly. as well, kind of taking care of you that, so that I you can... so important. Yeah, it's all about pouring from an empty, you can't pour from an empty cup. Exactly. Kind of, that's the yeah. saying, I think. So yeah. I, I think for me, stay, staying in that zone allows me to be able to accomplish whatever I put my mind to. That's yes. how I feel. Makes a lot of sense. And do your kids like your juices? <laughs> <laughs> do you know, I mean, they, they love the brand um, uh, and they do like, they do have some favourites, uh, but I'm not going to lie, getting them to get into fruit, vegetables and smoothies is, is a really big challenge for me. I have I kids, mean, so I know. Exactly. Um, we, we try and do it in colourful, interactive ways, um, but it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah, it's very tough. Good to know it's tough for even Absolutely, yeah, like mine are no different. <laughs> and kids tend to rebel against their parents, yeah, so exactly. it can also be that. And what's next for Dr. Juice? So, uh, we've just launched our new cookbook, uh, which has been a big, huge undertaking from the company. 
um, and myself. And it's 120 recipe. Um, we're going through everything from liquid meals, smoothies and juices, uh, brunches, lunches. We've got a kids' corner. Uh, we've got a no junk junk foods for those comfort classics full of good ingredients. Um, we've got a full, enormous range. Um, thick, hardback book. And obviously, we really wanted to kind of define a bit more about what Dr. Juice food is all about. Um, all about the right ingredients. Um, and it's all about understanding um, that you don't have to walk a tightrope your, your whole life. You know, you, you need to find that balance in the way that you live, in the food that you cook. Um, uh, and we go all around the world with the flavors that we bring into the book and the techniques. Um, they're very simple. Um, and it was, it was a huge project for us. So that's just been launched. I can't wait for everybody um, to start buying them uh, and enjoying some of our recipes at home. There are a few of the Dr. Juice recipes in there as well. So it's very clear with this book that you're obviously so passionate about helping people eat more healthily and more wholesome. You know, that you're not just encouraging people to obviously purchase from Dr. Juice, but also to, you know, use your knowledge and fashion in their own home. Absolutely. I mean, that was something for us that started during the pandemic. Um, because obviously I was, was stuck at home and everyone else was stuck at home. So I thought, well, how can I, um, you know, how can the Dr. Juice brand reach people at home? And that was when I first started doing um, videos and recipes and sharing them online. And we got a huge response from it. So I could see that people are interested in our food um, uh, and the recipes that we're creating. So logically, the next step came along, which was why don't we kind of take this one step further and create a book. Something that we, we really take seriously in the company is our um, environment, environmental impact and uh, you know, the community and how we can improve ourselves as an operator. So um, we've done a huge sustainability sort of audit and you know, we're all, we have a goal to really reduce our uh, impact on the environment. What do you mean by a sustainability audit? So we're, we're looking at um, assessing all the areas in which we um, sort of impact the environment, whether it's, um, you know, how far goods travel or how much packaging we use or what we reuse, um, uh, how our employees come to work, what sort of, um, what sort of impact we have on, on the environment. So obviously, we're, to, get the, to get this right in terms of business operation and um, sort of a sustainable approach to running a business, it's a, it's a challenge. I think one of the bigger ones that I've had to face um, because um, to keep a business efficient, you need support and you need to be able to, you can pioneer so much by yourself, but then you need wider help. So um, for us, we're, we're always looking at how we can sort of reach um, uh, a target of lowering you know, the amount of packaging that we use. Maybe the people out there watching who do not understand the importance of sustainability and why yeah. these changes need to happen, yeah. why is it so important? I think obviously, you know, as, as business operators, we need to make sure that we operate um, as ethically as we can. We have um, uh, pressures uh, in order for us to operate and sustain our own business, but we're always on a journey to better ourselves as a brand. Uh, and obviously, um, the, the issues that we have uh, in the way that the world is um, uh, and the increasing demands on the planet, we all need to start from a very, you know, the, the really micro level 
in order to start making a difference one by one to get that macro effect of change. Mm -hmm. So for, for us as an operator, we understand this and we, 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 we set our target in as realistic as we can to make a difference. Because I'm asking because maybe there are some people who may not understand the impact, yeah. obviously, that maybe, you know, added waste yeah. um, has on the planet. So yeah, obviously, absolutely. because of we're talking about climate change, we're talking yeah. about obviously um, protecting our, our, you know, our oceans. Mm, and absolutely. And, and for us, obviously, we're, we're passionate about finding solutions, um, passionate about that change and do anything that we can and everything that we can to make um, to make a change, no matter how incremental. Uh, because we're all on a journey in anything in life and I think with the question of sustainability and, and business approach for a company like ours, it's a question of trying to set a target and get there over a period of time. And at the end of the day, it's all about quality of life yeah. for us, you know, universally, because at the end of the day, the more um, sustainable, you know, we are yeah. in general, the better our quality of life now and, and even more future. in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much for, for being here. My pleasure. And thank you to you guys for watching and listening. And we'll see you next week for the next episode.